welcome back to the research labs of Better. Let's join Martin and Julie again on their first date. Um, I'll have the dinner salad. Could I get the crab cakes, a side of broccoli, and a clove of garlic as an appetizer? Thanks. So where were we? Hmm, apparently looking for a breezy evening. Let's see what it looks like with Better. Um, I'll have the dinner salad. I'll have the same. So where were we? When life hands you choices, choose better. Hey, we're super glad to have all of you with us again for another week of the series called Better at all of our different churches. Could somebody cheer and clap if you're believing God for a better year this year? Then last year, I, uh, I know I am, we're looking at different verses from the Bible that have the word better in it. Before we get into our memory verse for this week, at all of our different churches, I'm curious, how many of you right now have some, uh, some decisions to make that are very important to you? All of our churches, you've got some decisions to make. Would you raise your hands right now, just lift them high? All of our different churches, a lot of us, at uh, every different season of life, we have very important decisions to make. Uh, some of you are students right now, and you're trying to decide, you know, where should I go uh, to college next year? Or you're in college, you're trying to decide, you know, what should I major in? or you're about to graduate soon, you're wondering, you know, should I get a job or should I go on to graduate school? Some of you, you might be uh, uh, considering dating somebody. Should I date him, should I not? Or should I take this dating relationship to another level? Or should we get married or not? And if we do, when do we get married? And then when we do get married, where are we going to live? Should we rent or should we buy? And then we uh, get married. Should we have kids now or have kids later? Uh, some of you with kids are wondering, should we trade in the kids that we've got for other kids? You know, I don't know what to do. Uh, should I uh, pay off the car first or try to pay off the credit card debt? Um, should I stay at home and raise the kids or continue to work so that we can uh, get out of debt? Uh, we want to get a pet uh, what should we get? Should we get a dog or should we get two dogs? I just can't decide what it is that we should do. Uh, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write down this key thought. Someone said, we make our decisions and our decisions make us. All of our churches, let's say that aloud. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. Us. Okay, I can't do this unless you guys are with me. This is an interactive deal. Let's have some fun. Everybody, come on, work with me. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. In other words, who you are today is a result of the decisions that you made yesterday. I want you to think about this. Who you become tomorrow is a direct result of the decisions that you make today. And so what I want to do today is talk to you about a very, very important message, and we're going to look at a better way to make decisions in order to honor our God. So what I want to do is start off with a story from the Old Testament. This is a story that impacted me in a very significant way uh, when I was 24 years of age when I read it for the very first time. 
It's a story about Solomon who was just anointed to be king over Israel. And tradition was when you become king, you would sacrifice a bull as an act of worship to God. Well, Solomon didn't sacrifice one bull, not five, not ten, not a hundred, but he actually gave an extravagant offering and sacrificed 1,000 animals in a huge offering to honor uh, his God. And whether it was a result of that or not, we don't know for sure, but we do know that that night uh, God appeared to Solomon and said, what do you want? I'll give you whatever you want. You name it, one thing, whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. Now, imagine this. If God asked you, what do you want? One thing. You can have anything at all. One wish, what would you wish for? If you're like my kids, you'd probably say, I'd wish for more wishes. Okay, we're not going to do that. But one thing, you can have anything you want, what would you ask for? I know a lot of people, they say, God, show me the money, right? I want more money. Some people would say, you know, I want uh, more power. Or I want to be famous. If you're uh, like maybe in your 30s and you've never been married, you might say, you know, I want a godly husband. Or you might say, you know, if you're a man, I want a smoking hot wife who knows how to pray and cook, you know, or whatever. I, I, want, a, I want a husband. I want a wife. You, it, maybe you're married and you can't have kids. And um, you've tried and tried and tried everything. And you say, God, one thing, give us a son, give us a daughter. Uh, for some of you, you might be battling um, cancer or some other kind of uh, illness or somebody you love, and you say, if I could have one thing, I would ask God to heal me or to heal this person that I love. Imagine that, if God asked you, anything you want, you can have one thing, what would you ask for? That's what God did with Solomon, whatever you want, and Second Chronicles 1.10 shows us the amazing thing that Solomon asked for. God said, I'll give you anything. And Solomon said, give me what? Everybody uh, help me out. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Anything you want, Solomon. And he says, give me wisdom and knowledge. And evidently, this response so moved God that God said, you know, Solomon, you could have asked for money, for power, for fame. You could have asked me to wipe out all your enemies. Since you asked for wisdom, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you all these other things as well. And Solomon went on to write and say more about wisdom than anybody else in Scripture. And over and over again, he said wisdom is better. Everybody say better. better. Say it again. Say better. He said, wisdom is better. I'll give you a few things before we look at our verse. He said, wisdom is better than weapons of war. Now, for a king living in a time where he who has the best weapons has the most powerful power, that's a huge statement. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. He said, another time, wisdom is better than strength. Our memory verse, though, is Proverbs 16, 16, and here's what he said. I'll read it, and then we'll read it together, and we will commit it to memory. He said, how much what, everybody? He said, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. Now, I cannot overstate what a 
big, big, big deal it was when he said, how much better is wisdom than gold? Because he went and took the number one most valuable commodity, not only in his era, but really for centuries and centuries, gold. Gold was what everybody wanted. Why? Gold was wealth. Gold represented power. Gold represented prestige. And he said, how much better to get wisdom than that which everybody else wants. And then he took the second most valuable commodity, silver. He said, choose understanding rather than silver. So everybody, let's go ahead and say this aloud. If you need to look at your notes, feel free to. Uh, say it with me, Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. All of our campuses, come on, everybody together. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. Now words disappear off the screen, okay. Nobody cheating or looking at your nose from the heart, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. I was 24 years of age. I was married for one year to Amy. I was a young associate pastor at a great church, very young, very intimidated, very overwhelmed, felt very unqualified. Everybody was older than me. Most people had walked with God for a long time. I read that story of Solomon and it dawned on me. Oh my goodness, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And so I decided I was gonna pursue God and above anything else, I was gonna seek God to get wisdom. And so I went on a fanatic hunt getting mentors. I took, um, I took Proverbs, which is sometimes called the book of wisdom. There's 31 chapters in, in Proverbs. Uh, you can read one a day for a month and it takes you one month to read the whole book. For the next seven years, Every day on top of my normal Bible reading, I read a chapter of Proverbs because I realized I needed wisdom. I needed wisdom. And here's the deal, what I want you to understand, um, especially those of you who are um, younger, this is so incredibly valuable. I can't, I can't even put into words how valuable it is. You, you ask people my age or older um, if what they would do if they could go back and change some of the decisions they made. Here's what they're going to say. If I knew then what I know now, I would have done so much differently. And if you get wisdom today and you make decisions not based on the wisdom of this world, which is called foolishness, but if you make decisions based on wisdom from the heart of God, over a period of years and decades, I'm telling you, you can go from an average mundane life to someone who is impacting generations for the glory of God if you get wisdom. And in fact, I'm telling you right now, some of you, this is what you need more than anything else. Your marriage may be not going very well right now. You're like, oh, we're in trouble. What do you need? What do you need? You need relational Wisdom, come on somebody, I've been doing this all weekend. Don't you dare sit back there and just, come on. I'm serious, work with me. You, you, financially, you're messed up. You're sinking, you're not paying the bills. What do you need? You need financial wisdom. You're trying to make decisions about where to go to school, when to get married, what to do. From God, what do you need? You need wisdom. You've got teenagers, what do you need? Oh baby, do you need wisdom? as to what to do. You need wisdom. And here's what Solomon said. Oh, I love this. Proverbs 4, 7. He said, what is wisdom? Somebody, he said, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, what does he say to do? He said, therefore, 
get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is supreme. You want to glorify God? You want to make a difference in this world? You want to do more than take up space and accumulate things that will burn up when you leave this earth? Get wisdom. And what I love about this is what he's saying is, guess what? You can get it. It's not like God is going, I give it to you, but not you. God's saying, whoever wants it, you can have it. It's attainable. Get it. Here's the deal. No matter what it costs you, go for it. It's more valuable than any commodity that this world pursues. How much better is wisdom than gold to pursue understanding rather than silver? Get it, though it costs you everything you have, money, time, people make fun of you. Get it. Go get it. It'll transform your life. And if you watch Solomon all through his teaching, he contrasts the foolish people with the wise over and over and over again. He's saying, don't be a fool, be wise. Because here's the problem is, and you got to admit this, fools don't know when they're being fools, do they? You ever notice that? I mean, you're the most foolish people around. Everybody else going, fool. He's like, <laughs> you know, fools don't know when they're being foolish. Just like those of you my age, if you grew up in the 80s, ladies, your big hair, you thought you were cool. You look back and go, fool. If you were like me, you know, parachute pants, baby, I was, do, 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 break, you know, foolish. You know, but we thought we were cool. You don't know. We don't know when you're being foolish. For example, I was writing this, uh, this message and I went home that night, and our family was watching this show, and Amy and I talked about maybe we shouldn't let our kids watch this. It's this show where people do these crazy outlandish stunts, and they're like racking themselves and busting it, and it's just, it's funny for a sick, twisted mind. And so our family, we're homeschoolers, we're kind of weird. Anyway, and so we, we, you know, we laughed, and we're laughing, and our kids are busting out, and I'm looking at Amy, should we change the channel? I don't know. And Joy, who's my youngest daughter, she just says, Mom and Dad, I love this show. She's laughing, I love this show. But I promise you, when I'm a grown-up, I'm never letting my kids watch this show, or they'll do <laughs> stupid things. And I'm going, fools don't know when they're foolish. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I'm telling you right now, a lot of us, we do foolish things that we don't even know it. For, for example, all of our churches uh, participate with me. How many of you often act before you think? Raise your hands right up. Raise them. Okay. A lot of you, you didn't even think about that, did you? He just said it, raise his hand, and you just put it up in the air. So, you know, okay. How about this? How many of you, and it, you know, it might be a little embarrassing to admit, but almost everybody I know does this, you spend about as much as you earn often. How many of you say, I do that, do that, okay? A lot of you just lied in church. You're sitting there, you liar, liar, pants on fire, liar, liar. You know, uh, how, how many of you um, occasionally hurt someone that you love? Raise your hands, raise your hands, right? If you're sitting next to somebody and their hand's not up and you love them, go ahead and just put it up for them. Say, <laughs> put it up for them. How many of you, um, you're like me, you're often full of pride, and you're slow to ask for help? You're slow to ask for help. How many, some of you need help putting your hand up because you don't, you, it, we're, we're all like, now listen, if you do any of those things, guess what the Bible says you are? You're foolish. You're foolish. You don't even know it. You're like, hey, hey, hey. The Bible says 
you are foolish. Get wisdom. In fact, let me just show you very directly. I want you to see these, and maybe it'll posture you to be ready to get um, some wisdom. Here's just what Scripture says. Uh, Fools act before they think. Proverbs 13, 16, wise people think before they act, fools don't. And they even brag about their foolishness. They act before they think. Just like at our membership class years ago when I saw a woman with a baby and a blanket. Anytime, gentlemen, you see a woman with a baby and a blanket, just walk away. Nobody gets hurt, just walk away. (laughs) And in my mind, I thought she could be nursing, but I looked, I thought she's probably not nursing. And so I walked up, and of everything I could have said to a woman with a baby and a blanket, what do you think Pastor Craig said? I said, hey, I'm so glad you're at membership class. Can I sneak a peek? (laughs) Of everything I could have said, I said, can I sneak a peek? And she smiled real big and said, sure, and lifted her blanket up, and there was the baby just nipping away, (laughs) just going to town, (laughs) just tearing it up. Everybody say, Pastor Craig, bless your heart. Yeah, it's just foolish. That's just stupid. And and, uh, Amy told me not to tell that story today, but I couldn't help it. I just acted without thinking. I couldn't control it. Bless my heart, (laughs) nipping away. Can I sneak a peek? Okay. And then I bragged about it, which just <laughs> fools even brag about their foolishness. <laughs> sneak a peek. <laughs> Second thing is fools spend all they earn. They spend all they earn. Proverbs 21:20, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. But what does a foolish man do? He does what? He devours it all, he eats it all, he spends it all. Well, everybody else does it. Well, everybody else is foolish. Fools also hurt those they love. Proverbs 14, 1, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. She belittles them, she nags, she controls. What does he do? Uh, He's domineering, he's angry. The foolish one tears and hurts those they love. Finally, fools think they know it all. Fools, Proverbs 12, 15, think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Scripture says what? Somebody help me out. How much better to get wisdom than gold to choose understanding rather than silver. It's better than the most valuable thing you can get in this world, wisdom is. Hey, choose wisdom. Get understanding. It's supreme. Though it costs you all you have, get it. And I'm telling you, I pray to God there are some of you wise enough to hear this and to pursue it and to seek it and to want it because I'll say it again. If you get wisdom, it can change the trajectory of your life. Over decades, you can impact more people for the glory of God. If you make decisions, not based on the pros and cons, not based on the wisdom of this world, which is foolishness to God, but based on the wisdom of the heart of God. So I know what a lot of you are saying. You're saying, how do I get it? How do I get it? I wanna get it, how do I get it? Well, the good news is the Bible is so clear, it's scary. Three very direct verses that tell us incredibly clearly how you get wisdom. The first thing is, uh, before anything else, is it starts with the fear of God. We should fear God. We fear God. In fact, this is what Proverbs 9.10 says. The fear of the Lord, what is it? The fear of the Lord is the, it's the beginning of wisdom. Scripture says, a knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. Now, does that mean that we walk around going, oh my gosh, is God going to strike me down today? Is he grumpy and he's going to get me? Okay, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean we walk around afraid of God. Uh, the fear of the Lord in the Old Testament, Testament, it's a reverential fear. It's kind of like, it's like having a holy awe of God, A-W-E. It's, it's, here, here's the deal. Um, what so many of us are f- afraid of when we're making decisions is we're afraid of rejection. What are people going to think? We're afraid of failure. What if I try and I don't make it? What we should do is we should live with this, this awe and, and holy fear of God. And I am very convinced that one of the biggest problems in our culture today is that we've become too familiar with a holy God, way too casual. It's, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm cool with the big guy in the sky, you know, the big man upstairs. You know, when, when you read scripture, there's nothing that says we approach God like, like that. You know, hey, you know, God and I are cool. You know, I'm going to do whatever I want. And, you know, yeah, you know, I was, I was baptized when I was eight and, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I know, yeah, you know, God, God understands. I mean, I'm going to do what I want. And, you know, uh, you know, I'll check in with him every now and then. Here, here's the deal. If God's presence um, was with us today in the fullest form, I mean, we're talking the, the glory of God in, in, the, uh, un, in the, here's the deal we'd be on our faces. I mean, we'd be, we'd be on our faces. We'd be as low as we can get in this, oh my God, who is like our God? There's no one like our God. I mean, he is so holy and so righteous and so powerful. And all of a sudden, you wouldn't give a rip what anybody thinks. I mean, you, you don't care about, well, all of a sudden is I must please him. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Suddenly, the decisions I make, there's an eternal weight on these decisions. How how will this glorify God? How will this make his name known? How does this lead me to be more like his son, Jesus? It starts with the fear of the Lord. I'm telling you, a bunch of fools all over this world, not even smart enough to fear the God of the universe. You start to fear him, and all of a sudden you make decisions that please him because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It starts with the fear of God. Second thing, Scripture just says, ask God. You want wisdom? Ask him. I mean, I love this. It couldn't be any more direct or any simpler than James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you don't know what to do. Scripture says he should do what? He should Ask God. And how does God give? Our God is a God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It'll be given to him. You need wisdom? What do you do? Give me wisdom, God. Give me wisdom. I need direction. And I, I honestly, I can't tell you how many times a day I pray for wisdom. I mean, I couldn't even count. It's all day long. Remember in week number one, how much um, it's better to spend one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. We talked about short, short burst of communication with God. I'm talking about short burst of communication all day long. God, give me wisdom. God, what do I say to this person? God, I need your direction. God, would you guide me? God, do you want me to reach out to this person? Oh God, I'm meditating on this verse. What does it mean? God, I feel like you want me to do this. Is that you? God, I, I want to reach out and help this 
this person? What should I do? Should I call him? Should I write him? Should I send him a note? God, I, I, I feel like you're leading me to go in this direction. Give me wisdom. Show me, God, over and over and over and over and over again. And I love more than anything else this fast I'm on right now. Down 20 pounds, baby, but walking close to God. I'm telling you, hearing his voice. And all day long, what do you want me to do? I've made more, I believe, on-target spiritual decisions as I've denied myself physical nutrition and spiritually I'm in tune with God and asking him and he's showing me about my family, about the church, about leadership decisions. Ask him, ask him, ask him. Don't go ask Cosmopolitan or ask you know, somebody's blog. Ask God, what do you think? And watch as God gives you wisdom. You fear God, you ask God. And then, you want wisdom? Hang out with wise people. Somebody ought to say amen somewhere in there. Because I'm telling you what, and I would love to preach for a year of weekends on this text because it is so, so, so important. Hang out. You want wisdom? Hang out with wise people. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows what? He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools does what? They suffer harm. Listen, you want to be wise? Hang out with wise people. You want to be an idiot? Hang out with a bunch of fools. My, my mom used to say, Craig, you are who you run with. And he's like, no, I'm not. I said, yes, actually, you are. Scripture says bad company corrupts good character. You run with a bunch of idiots, and you're going to be an idiot. That's just the way it is. Don't, you, you, that's Scripture, and it's true. You want, to hang, you want to be wise? Hang with wise people. Hang out with those who are wise. Hang out with those who are wise. In fact, back when I was a brand new Christian in college, I took Saturday nights and uh, I was detoxing from the party life. And rather than going out and being tempted, I spent Saturday evenings with my Bible, with a notepad, and I sought God and wrote down everything I could. And I wrote down three things that I wanted to be great at, three things I wanted to accomplish in my life. Number one is I told God, I wanna serve you with all of my heart and be faithful to maximize all the gifts that you've given me for your kingdom and for your glory. Number two, I said, God, I wanna be a godly family man. I wanna love my bride as Christ loved the church, being faithful to her. Um, I wanna be a godly father to raise generations of people that would know you and serve you. And number three, quite honestly, I said, I wanna be financially free. I don't want to ever be in debt to anybody. I don't want to have to make decisions based on finances. I don't want to owe any man anything except the continual debt to love. The problem is those things that I wanted, when I looked at all of my friends, all of my coaches, all of the adults in my life, there wasn't anybody that had those qualities. It's the marriages all around me, they were falling apart or, or barely hanging on. Uh, everybody I knew was living paycheck to paycheck and broke. Everybody I saw didn't like what they were doing. They didn't like their career, didn't like their jobs. Didn't, they might believe in God, but there was really no outward evidence in their lives. Guess what? You hang around people like that, guess where the trajectory of your life is going? Just like them. Now, I'm not saying you, you know, abandon all your friends, but I'm saying you go hang out with some wise people. Find them, do whatever it takes to find them. Uh, there was one very godly couple I knew, Rich and Anna Dozier, so you know what I did? I'm gonna tell you the truth what I did. I went and bought a house right next door to their house. That's what I did. Honest to God, that's what I did. I right next door and I let them mentor me. I wanted to be good at finances, so I memorized everything Dave Ramsey wrote long before we were friends. I'm telling you, 
I, I memorized, I sought it out. I wanted to be a godly man, so I put myself under the teaching of Pastor Nick Harris, and I submitted myself to him and said, teach me anything you see in my life, I'm open to what you would say. And I hung out with wise people, and because I was with wise people, I got great advice. Mike and Diane Liddell, they're 15 years older than Amy and I, for the last uh, 14 years, uh, we have asked them every kind of question we can about raising our family, about being godly. You hang out with wise people, you're going to be wise. But here's the deal. You hang around broke people all your life and listen to advice from broke people, what are you going to be? You're going to be a broke people. I mean, you, you go and all your friends have screwed up marriages and you expect to have a great marriage. You got nothing but models of bad marriages. You go hang out with wise people. You make your decisions and your decisions make you. Get wisdom. It's supreme. Choose understanding. Um, so 20 years ago, I uh, was a business major in college. I became a Christian. I finished my business degree, um, and I graduated. I wanted to be a pastor, but nobody wanted a pastor with a business degree. So I took a job selling security systems for Honeywell during a time when there was a great demand. And it wasn't that I was good, but it was that the market was hot. And I sold um, and made about $60,000 in less than 10 months. Um, which back then was a lot of money to a guy my age. And the company said, we want to promote you, all this and the other. But my church came to me and said, we'd like to hire you to be a full-time pastor. And I said, done, let's do it. And then they said, but we can only pay you $12,000 a year. I said, okay, with benefits, no benefits. You know, help with seminary, no help with, you know, $1,000 a month. And all of a sudden, I had this really difficult decision to make. So I went and asked, Everybody I knew, what should I do? And almost everybody said, Groeschel, you're an athlete, you're atop your class. Don't waste your life in a stupid church. It's a dead end. A church? I mean, go make your money. Be a, you've always, you know, don't do a church job. You're way too gifted for that. Way too gifted for that. So I went, and Amy and I, we, um, we fasted, and we sought God, and we prayed, and we asked him, and we went to the most godly couple we knew and said, what should we do? I mean, it's like, you know, good career with money, no money, gamble, all this kind of stuff. And um, the guy looked at me and he said, what you need to do is you need to go into business. And you need to make your money. And you need to do anything but ministry if you think you can please God with that. But if there's anything in you that says you would be dishonoring God, then you better go serve him in the church even if there is no pay. And we made the decision, and the decision made us. And we went against every bit of worldly wisdom. And I'm here today to tell you that it's the wisdom of the heart of God that allows me to do what I'm doing. And I want with everything in me for you to be wise enough to go get it. It's there for you. And don't sell out to the stupid things of this world, or you're never going to have a good marriage. Get wisdom. Have a, go get a good marriage. Go lead to it. You're always going to be broke. Don't be so stupid to buy into that. Get wisdom. You know what? You get wisdom, you might get money too. Then you'll be wise enough to do something with it to make a difference in this world. Don't go pursue money. Pursue wisdom. Pursue it. Pursue. Get, get it. It's yours. God wants to give it to you. Fear him. We don't know everything. Fear him. Ask him. He gives generously. Hang out with wise people. You'll be shocked at what God can do through you over the decades. Why? Say it with me. How much better is wisdom than gold to choose understanding rather than silver? Father, I pray that, uh, God, I pray that, that your heart would um, become our heart, 
that we would seek you, God, and get your wisdom. God, I pray that we would understand that it is supreme. It's better than gold, that we, that we can get it, that we should, uh, even if it costs us everything, God, we should pursue your heart to do your will, to glorify your name, to impact this world for your kingdom. All of our churches, as you're praying today, there are some of you, you've got a decision to make right now, and you need wisdom. Others of you, you've made some foolish decisions. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? And you're in a place in your life going, oh, I wish I could do it over. I can't believe I'm here. And you need wisdom. You need it. Let me tell you, you can get it. You can have it. God wants to give it to you. All of our churches, you say, I really do. I need wisdom. I need it. I need wisdom. I'm going to pursue him. I need it. Would you lift up your hands right now? Just lift them up high all over the place. God, I pray and I ask that this wouldn't be just another sermon that comes and goes, but there would be some that are wise enough to recognize this can be life-transforming, world-altering. God, that they would reject the wisdom of this world and pursue the wisdom directly from your heart, oh God. I thank you, God, that as they grow to know you, they will fear you with a reverent awe. And God, we know that is the beginning of living according to your wisdom. God, I thank you that as they ask, you will give it. God, I pray that one of their most common prayers will become, give me wisdom, O God. And I pray, God, that there would be some who would become so tenacious they would run down those who are wise, move in next door, camp out, send them presents, fight and scratch for time to be with those who are wise so we could become wise. God, for any of those who are living around fools and going down, if they have to cut off those relationships to get out of the muck, give them the courage to walk away and pursue you, God, so they can have your wisdom and do your will all for your glory. As you keep praying today, all of our churches right now, a lot of you, you're here today because you're about to make the wisest decision that you could make. A fool thinks they know it all. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. A fool does life without God. And what you need more than anything else, because we're all foolish without God, is you need Christ. He is the embodiment of all wisdom. He is the word made flesh. He is the son of God. He is the one who came to bring life and life more abundantly. He is the one who came to set the sinners free. The reason why we, we walk the broad road, the reason we walk straight toward destruction is because we are bent with our sin nature away from a holy God. But Jesus is the better sacrifice. He is the perfect sacrifice. In the Old Testament, you'd sacrifice a lamb. It was temporary. You'd sacrifice an animal. It was temporary. Jesus is the Lamb of God who is eternal. His sacrifice eternally covers our sins. He was without sin. He shed his blood on the cross. He was risen from the dead so that anyone who calls on his name will be saved. There are those of you today, there is a choice before you. You're at a, you're at a fork in the road. You choose one way and you choose Christ. You choose the other way and you choose to walk without him. One way you're wise, the other way you're an eternal fool. All of our different churches, you say, you know what, I am a sinner. I do need a savior. I want to know him. I want to serve him him. I need his salvation. I need his power. I need his wisdom. I wholly and completely give my life 
to Jesus. That's your prayer today at all of our churches. Would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them up high now. Lift them up and leave them up if you will. I want to just look you in the eye right up here close to me. Both of you, praise God for you together right over here. Others of you say me too, right back over here and back over here. I want to see you, sir, right back here in this section. God bless you, my friend, right here, right here in this middle section. Others of you, right back over here, both of you up here close to me, ma'am. And sir, right back over here, others today. Way back over here, sir. Praise God for you. God, fill him with your spirit. Anoint him with your power right here in this section. I don't know how you all sit here and don't shout to God right back over here. Praise God for you. I'm serious. I don't know how right back over here. Praise God for you. Church online, you all click right below me. Others of you today, call on his name. Call on his name. Everybody pray aloud with those around you. Pray, Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Make me new. Jesus, I believe you died for me so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you with all of my life. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. I beg you to get loud and worship our God. I beg you to praise him and worship him and thank him for new life in Christ.